It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, this team, it's so hard to tell what this team could be. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. We're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, a special uh, Locked On Auburn's The Henry's Services Company postgame show. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by Daryl Daprich on this Sunday evening as Auburn falls 74-71 to for the first game of their trip out west. This one to the mm-hmm. USC Trojans. Obviously, they will head up to Seattle later this week to take on the Washington Huskies. But, Daryl, I, I guess the, the biggest thing is, like, what is this team? What can this team be, right? We, we, we've talked about the upside consistently, right? We talked about the upside with what Wendell can do, what KD's yeah. capable of, Zepp's defense, and when he does shoot, it seems to be positive for the team. And obviously the young guys. We never really, over the course of the last few months, addressed what happens when you get to SEC play and all this doesn't come together. And, and I think as we get closer and closer and you look at the two real teams that Auburn has played so far this year, Memphis and now USC, and you lose those games, it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not the best feeling in the world. You know, there's some factors. I think a couple things we need to consider. Number one, uh, when you ask the question of what is this team, I think that we don't know yet. And I think that a lot of the coaching staff has really echoed that and said, hey, let's see what we're going to be. That A lot of people feel like this team's not going to be the same team they are right now in February and March, that there's going to be some gelling and there's going to be some things that happen. That's what Auburn has to hope for. Because right now, uh, some of the things that are going on offensively, some of the things that are happening with the rotation. Now, look, you know, the engine that makes you go couldn't really go tonight with Wendell Green. I mean, his 14 points, his ability to drive and distribute the basketball, you basically took that right off the floor and you lose by three on the road with some really nefarious officiating and foul differentials. But -hmm. you also turn it over 22 times, and it makes me wonder if the guys that had to play in the rotation and they had to change some things chemistry-wise with Wen being out, maybe that led to it. But look, Chad Pruitt said something I thought was very telling a couple days ago. He said the Final Four team looked like a bubble team until late February. And it's true. I remember Auburn would win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. And they never, and that's Auburn right now looks like an NCAA tournament team, but like a bubble team. That's what, and he said last year, this team was number one in January, number one team in the country. And then they go out and get beat in the first round of the SEC tournament and then in the round of 32. So you never know how it's going to shape out and what you're going to become before the season's over. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the, if you can put a positive spin on this, where it's like, we talked about this last time we did a show, Daryl, and it's been too long, but the whole gist of it, you can see how this team does get better, right? I mean, Chance Westry yes. can figure it out. I mean, his one minute and turning it over two times and his one minute of action, like if Chance Westry plays like he's capable of, Auburn becomes a better basketball team instantly. Same with Yolan Treor, which 
He may have actually been okay tonight. He did. Uh, he played probably one of his better games. He improved tonight. Yeah, he still only shot it once. Uh, one for one for three, ten minutes. He, his plus minus was one of the worst. It was negative ten, but still, like you, you can you can kind of circle areas of the team where it's like, okay, this is how if they're gonna do this, they're going to go on a run and set themselves up to be in a good situation in March. You can see the path to doing it. Now you obviously got to do it, right? And the first step is you got to get healthy, right? And so Wendell Green mm-hmm. is definitely a part of that. And there were people tweeting early in the game how Wendell Green's a liability. And it's like, well, maybe, uh, maybe injured Wendell Green is a liability, but he, he makes your team better. There's no question about it. Daryl, the, the glass half full way of looking at this is we got to see Zepp play more of the one. And he is so much better in that role. It's crazy. Now, I don't know if the current state of the roster really allows him to benefit from that because I think there's a lot of questions still from the two-guard situation. Even when Zepp's on the floor, I think there's questions of the two-guard situation. And I don't know necessarily the path of how that gets better with this current roster. I, I don't right. know. I don't know how you fix that. But everything else, is it's fixable. <clears throat> it's not like Auburn football's offense last year, three or four weeks into the season. Like mm-hmm. everything that Auburn is struggling with right now is fixable. And with Bruce Pearl, I, I kind of have faith that it's going to get better. I really do. Am I crazy for, for thinking that? No, I mean, I know that it sometimes sounds blasphemous. If anything, we talk about questions, Bruce Pearl, or or looks back and, and says in hindsight. But I think there are two, th- I think that Trey Donaldson's emergence and Bruce Pearl finally playing him over Westry at the one was a great move. I think that was that was a little bit long overdue. Trey Donaldson played really well tonight. And I think one of the things that's going to have to happen for this team to get better, like you talked about, to get where they need to go, is you need to get better backup point guard play. Trey Donaldson provided that tonight and really, really flashed some things that make me very excited for his future. Um, I think that you know, I don't. I'm just one of those guys that doesn't think that you can flip a switch and then the shooting's going to get better, right? I mean, it could happen. I mean, you could all of a sudden shots that you're missing in November, December could start falling in January, February. But you wonder if the game plan changes a little bit, and and you know they're asked to shoot less threes and drive the basketball more because that's where their bread is buttered. But there are things that are fixable. Broom tonight played really well against a power five opponent, 16 points, eight rebounds. So that's encouraging. Again, I hate to the what if game and excuses, but look, if you play a team like this on a neutral floor in an NCAA tournament with a little bit different foul differential where it's not, you know, 23 to 13, I think there's a, and and with your point guard healthy. Is that worth doing? Like, is this worth talking about the, the, the officiating? It was bad. People in the comments section right now are are chiming in on it. Yeah. But it's like, I I really hate to be that guy. Like, well, I I, I do too. Yeah, I do too. And I don't, and I won't be that guy. I won't be that guy that says, you know, the officiating costs you the game. I'm just saying that there are certain things that may even out down the road when you play an opponent like this, that won't happen like this on the, on a home floor. I don't know. I mean, I watched every second of that game, and I just seemed to think that there was more benefit of the doubt. But again, I'll never say that it was intentional or that it cost Auburn the basketball game. Auburn turned it over 23 times. If you cut that in half, you still win the game probably anyway, no matter what the foul differential is. But I'm just saying there's a lot of things stacked against them tonight. 
Right. Yeah. And I mean, some of that, a lot of the turnovers has to do with, with your point guard being hurt and point guard play being so bad. That so, was the biggest aspect, I think, of what you could put your finger on and say, what could you, what would you have wanted to do different? I'll ask you, Zach, if you've, if you're, if you are presented with a choice, the basketball genie comes to you and says, here's the three things that happened that hurt Auburn tonight. They played without their, their engine that made it go, Wendell Green. They turned it over 23 times and the foul differential was plus 10. If you could ask for any of those three to go Auburn's way, what would you choose? Turnovers. Yeah. yeah I, 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 turnovers. I, I take Wendell Green. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way this um, I think the way this offense is wired currently, you're gonna need to shoot the ball more than the opposing team when you play good teams, especially when you I mean USC's main guard, he had an incredible night. So that's gonna be part of it. Harrison in the live chat is uh, he gave us his freshman report card. It says Trey Donaldson B plus, Yoan Trey or D minus, Chance Westry gave him an F. And hmm. I don't think you're far off, Harrison. I do think it's worth pointing out though, if you would have done this a week ago before Trey Donaldson played tonight, you probably wouldn't have given him a good grade. And I think that's the beauty of the situation that these young guys are in is if they come in and play one or two good games in a row, and it's like, that's what we're waiting on. Maybe they're starting to figure it out. right? I think we're all kind of thinking about Chumo Kiki during the Final Four run. It's like, man, he figured it out late in the season. Isaac Okora was the same way. He was always a good defender, but he figured it out offensively over the course of the season. I think all three of these guys can do that. Now, Chance Westry with an F, it's extreme. It's probably correct. It's probably correct. But it is extreme, and I don't know, Daryl, how much of it is his fault? Nobody thought he was going to be a one. And maybe he did. But he doesn't look like a one to me. Physically. But also, like, when he's playing point guard, he doesn't look like a point guard to me. I, it looks like a it looks like an inexperienced small forward bringing the ball down the floor. And so, like, I don't know. I, Harrison, I, I, I'm cool with you giving Chance an F, but I want to add an asterisk next to it, a caveat, and saying I don't think it's entirely his fault. I think that uh, he's playing out of position. He's being asked to do something that I don't think any of us anticipated coming into this season. I always felt like he was going to be a three or a two. And, again, the emergence of the way Chris Moore played for Bruce Pearl and Bruce Pearl really loving Chris Moore's game right. took him out of that. But this kid looks completely different than he did in Israel. And I, I watched what I could, but I'm just trying to remember. I don't remember seeing him playing a lot of one in Israel. I remember him playing the two and playing the three, and he looked so much better. I mean, he just looked so much more comfortable. So maybe it's a case of him just playing. But when he got into the game tonight, it was just disastrous. I mean, it, he slipped on the floor, got the ball stolen from him, threw it behind Alan Flanagan. I mean, that one minute, I would give Trey Orr a little bit more than a D minus. He had a big three. Uh, that it was a big part of the game. He got a couple rebounds, but then he turned it over in the press too. Almer looked very, very uncomfortable handling the basketball when USC went full court press. And, and Trey has been okay, Daryl, over the last few games. He's just – we thought he had a chance to be the best player on this roster this mm -hmm. year. Yes, and, right. And he's not that. If he was a normal, normal freshman, um, I think we're looking at that and grading him a little bit differently. Like Trey Donaldson, right? Like we never thought Trey Donaldson would be a lottery pick or even any kind of like anywhere remotely close to an NBA draft pick this season. 
And so, like, I think our perspectives on these guys is a little different. Um, but it is um, it is what it is at this point. Daryl, we got to talk about our friends at Henry Services Co. Um, they are the best in the business when it comes to HVAC, the plumbing, commercial, residential, whatever it may be. They are going to do the job right. They're going to do it well, and they're going to do it in a respectful manner. And those are all things that are important to both me and you. Absolutely. Use them for the company that I work for. One of the great things that as far as testimonials go is when you call them, yep. they get out there pretty quickly to handle your problem. I mean, it's, it's not waiting. It's not delay. The urgency is the thing that I've been very impressed with. Yeah. It's always when you, when you call some of these folks, sometimes it's, it's like, I don't feel like you really care. And like, this is a big deal to me. It may not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. These folks get that. So when you they call do. them and their number is 334-288-2700, they will make sure you're taken care of and they understand that it's a big deal to you because it's also a big deal to them. 334-288-2700. Their license number is 00021. Zero Today Show is also brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days it's impossible to, uh, to be confident in hires, at least it seems that way, but LinkedIn Jobs can help you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free, linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So my biggest takeaway from this game, outside of just the, the disaster that was kind of all over the place, was Trey Donaldson. The upside that is Trey Donaldson mm -hmm. is very, very exciting. At a position group, that hasn't been that stable. And I, to me, I think it actually adds more questions to how you handle the guards. Because once again, I think Zepp is a one. But after tonight, I want Trey Donaldson on the floor too. And I don't know how you do that once Wendell Green gets healthy. I, I just don't know how you do it. And to me, that's that's a tough problem. And that's something that I don't think Bruce Pearl has figured out how to do yet. Yeah, it's concerning because you hope that this isn't one of those types of ankle injuries for Green that's nagging that lasts a while. So that's why it's even more important that Trey Donaldson step up. Now, look, I, I got I just got done saying about five minutes ago that I'm one of those guys that's not a big believer that somebody can just flip a switch and they're shooting it better. Trey Donaldson just made me look like a liar because here's a guy. Remember when he shot threes early in the year? They looked flat. I'm like, look, he's a good point guard if he goes inside, if he distributes the basketball, but he's just not a threat shooting a three, and people will will sag on him. Well, guess what? He started to figure it out. He hit a big three the other night against Georgia State. He yeah. hit two, two big threes tonight. His shot looks better. So maybe just that in a small sample size is an example of even just if one or two guys get hot and their shooting gets better, it could be all the difference. But Donaldson – I think more than ever, the emergence of him over the last two games is so big right now because of Wendell's injury. And then Zepp going to the one, which he played last year. I mean, that's a luxury that Bruce Burrell has. It's rather nice when you could just slide a guy over to the one position that started for you there last year, right? So I think it's okay. I mean, I want Wendell on the floor. I think again, his points are difficult to, you know, somewhere you got to get those points. Well, and tonight Trey Donaldson got what twelve? I mean, so he got some of what Wendell, almost all that Wendell um, averages. Trey got it back. That has to continue, and it definitely has to continue when they get into SEC play. I mean, you look at what Trey Donaldson did in his sixteen minutes. He was four of eight from the floor, two of four from three. 
shot three free throws. You love all that. Two rebounds. He fouled out, which isn't great, but only two turnovers for a freshman guard, which normally I'd kind of be like, eh, I don't love that. But in the kind of scope that we're looking at this game, it's like turnovers is going to be a part of it. <laughs> That's just going to be yeah. part of it when we talk about Auburn players in this. But led the team, Daryl, in plus minus. In a game where Auburn lost by three, Auburn was positive nine when Trey Donaldson was on the floor. And this is a guy that's been kind of hit or miss, kind of touch and go, and kind of not always included in the rotation this season based on, you know, kind of what we saw over the last few weeks. Memphis, he may not have played against Memphis. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. If he did, it wasn't a lot. You're saying he didn't. So, yeah, yeah, that that to me is telling. And it's like he's got to get on the floor. He's got to get on the floor somehow. You know, it's interesting. Um, you look at those stats, and had he not gotten in foul trouble, and we could play the what-if game all night, and I, and I know, but it, he played 16 minutes. Imagine if he could have played 22 or 23 for us tonight. Like, if, you know, If it would have been the exact same if – if it would have been the same type of production, Auburn wins. Exactly, because, he, you know, you figure he gets probably 16 points, 17 points. So that that's where, you know, foul trouble and some of that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's playing very, very – hard defensively they weren't you know they weren't bad fouls like they were the other night remember when he fouled two three-point shooters the other night running at one when Auburn was up nine you just can't do that he didn't do that tonight they were on ball really really getting after it tenacious defense that he got called for you know so you can live with that and I think his emergence is going to be big when they get in again especially if Wendell can't go or isn't hundred percent has to just play and it's just kind of, you know, fight through it and it's nagging or whatever, nagging injury. Uh, we got to get the point somewhere else. And he showed tonight that he was up to the task. Yeah. Janai Broom's another guy. I mean, you, you talked about his points and his rebounds, which is great, but seven of eight from the floor. I mean, you can't get much more efficient than that. So you love that. And that's another guy where it's been like, okay, like, we kind of need more from you at this point in the season. And, and he answered the call, which is great because I think I, I, Daryl, my, my biggest concern in all of this is like, I'm not convinced USC's good. I, I don't think they're a good college basketball team. So you got to take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt, because I watch a lot of PAC 12 basketball being front where I used to live in Tucson Sure, And I watch a lot of Bill Walton and I just, sometimes I have to like turn the volume down, but Bill Walton does know basketball. I mean, he's basketball knowledgeable. He has done the USC games in the Bahamas and some others. And he, a few times tonight, now I don't know how much legitimacy you put into this, but three or four times tonight, he said USC should be undefeated. He said they had both of those games in the Bahamas won and they had Tennessee beat. So, I don't, you know, they, I don't think they've lost in the Pac-12 yet. Uh, I think they're undefeated in the Pac-12 because they play that crazy schedule. They've already played some Pac-12 games and then went back. So I don't know. I don't know how much stock I put in that because he loves to promote the Pac-12 conference. So we won't know. It's like we talked about yeah. with Memphis. You know, Memphis goes out and gets beat by Alabama after beating Auburn, but they played them tough on Alabama's home floor. USC might be a team that, you know, is, ends up being ranked at the end of the year, goes to the tournament. I don't know. Uh, I saw some I saw some things that I think that Auburn was a better basketball team. And if some things would have went a little differently, Auburn could have won that game double digit. So that's, you know, that's just my opinion is that 
with their point guard and don't turning it over, self-inflicted wounds and silly fouls or foul differential, whatever, all three of those things that we talked about early in the show, I think Auburn wins and they could have won going away. But a lot of talk about how weak Auburn's non-conference schedule has been, right? Mm -hmm. And now two of the top three, I don't know if I think St. Louis or USC is better right now. I'm not positive. I guess USC. But with the exception of St. Louis, um, anytime Auburn's played a, a team that could make the tournament, that's not an at-large bid from a tiny conference, they, they've looked really bad. And you can look, Daryl, like we can, we can point out several things that are slightly out of Auburn's control or like things that will get better, right? Like I think Wendell Green's ankle will get better. I just, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. I, I think Chance Westry, he has to get better. There's no way he gets worse from what we've seen over the last few outings. I think Yolan Treyor gets more com comfortable in the college at the college level. I think, right? Like mm -hmm. you got to think that's going to happen. But my question to you is, and my question for the chat, the folks hanging out with us as we do this live, how big of a concern is this? The fact that when Auburn plays good teams, and I'm using good very carefully here, they look like they have against Memphis and tonight against USC. To me, that's very, very concerning. You go to a Washington team later this week. Well, that, that's Wednesday night, Daryl, I believe. It is Wednesday night, yeah. Wednesday night. That'll be at uh, 6 o'clock Central Time. And then you, you come back home, you get a little bit of a break. And then a week later, December 28th, after we all celebrate Christmas with our friends, families, and loved ones, conference play starts. And you take on Florida. And – to me, like, I, I don't feel good about it right now. I can talk myself into thinking, okay, it's going to get better because of all these little things that we can point to. But based on the two teams that we've seen Auburn play that are somewhat comparable to the SEC slate that it's about to come up, it hasn't been good. And I'm very concerned about it. And you could even go back to the game against Northwestern Fair. where Auburn won, but it looked bad. Northwestern, by the way, 8-2 and two with wins over Georgetown, DePaul, Michigan State. So, you know, they're they're not bad, but they're 5-1 and one at home. Northwestern, a Big Ten school, Power 5 school, who's 8-2 and two right now, that game didn't look good. I mean, they didn't look good against Northwestern. I mean, they won, but that was an ugly win. It was in the 40s or whatever. Right. So, yeah, that's concerning to me because it looks like Auburn – really get separation against mid-major teams where Auburn has more depth, has more bodies, and they come out in the second half, like against Georgia State the other night. That was one of the most frustrating first halves I've ever watched. We didn't get, we didn't do a reaction show because of weather. And then the second half, Auburn played really, really well. Well, is that a byproduct of the fact that Georgia State just doesn't have the bodies? They wore down. Auburn was able to, you know, out-depth them. A, school, a team like USC? team like Memphis, Washington Wednesday night, you're still going to have nine or ten bodies that are high-caliber basketball players that they can throw at you. And so, yeah, that's concerning to me because I've not seen Auburn wear down an opponent in the second half. In fact, the, op the opposite happened tonight. Auburn went on a phenomenal run at the end of the first half, a 12-2 run and a 10-0 run to take a five-point lead or four-point lead and then had a great defensive stop at the end of the first half where USC couldn't even get a shot off. But in the second half, it was USC who turned the table and outscored Auburn. So, you know, we, Auburn has not been able to do that against a, a Power 5 uh, regular uh, opponent that will probably end up being in the tournament. And so that's that's a little bit concerning. It really is.
All right, drop your takes, your bold predictions, your questions, your comments in the live chat. We want to wrap up our show with that. Paul, TW, Clay, Gavin, we'll touch on some of the things you guys have said over the last few minutes in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds. They've got more props, odds, and lines than anyone else in all of the interwebs. So be sure to check out our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's touch on guard play. Paul earlier says we might need to run sets with extra guards, get the talent on the court. So, Darrell, let's just kind of do this on the fly here if we did that. So, last year we saw when they did this, they didn't do it a lot because depth at the guard spot was an issue. They They put Wendell at the one, Katie at the two, and Zepp at the three. Do you do that again? And then who do you take off the floor in that situation? Well, you got to take Chris Moore or Alan Flanagan off the floor. I, I, I think it's worth I don't a know try. If I do that. Well, I mean, I think if you're if if you're struggling struggling offensively, even if you're winning and you're winning games ugly per se because your defense is so well so good and you're blocking shots and you're out rebounding your opponent, but you know at some point you're going to need to, to do well offensively to win a basketball game, then you you have to at least try it. What would it hurt, like Wednesday, on the road in Seattle, to come out at, at some point, if Wendell's healthy enough to do it, and mm-hmm. try that three-guard lineup and just see what happens? Now, it's going to hurt you a little bit probably in rebounding if, um, you know, Broom – uh, you know, doesn't 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 do a good job of of uh, cleaning up the glass, something like that. I mean, I, I can see how that could happen, but I mean, Jalen Williams's health is now a, a, of a concern to me. He took a hard fall, right? Didn't see him come back in the game. He's a, he's a guy that is going to give you some boards as well. Didn't tonight? He had he only had one rebound. So if you go three guards, you're going to have to get rebounding from somebody somewhere. Um, Trey yeah. Donaldson's a good rebounding guard. Maybe you slide him in with in the backcourt with Wendell, move Katie to the three. I don't know, but something has to offense offensive. Yeah. Although Auburn played good, they shot the basketball good tonight. It wasn't. It was the turnovers that killed them. Yeah, right. Um, TW says haven't had a consistent guard since Sharif Cooper. I don't know if I would call Sharif Cooper consistent, but that also hasn't been that long ago. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with guard play there. All right. Paul said this, we were talking about the concern level of like the level of competition that Auburn's played said it is a concern until we prove otherwise. I think for now we are okay because the sec is so strong that we figure it out by conference play. We are okay. Paul, I agree with all of that, but like conference plays here. Like, I mean, it's, they've got, they've got one more, uh, they've got one more game 
on Wednesday against Washington, which is a decent team. I don't think they're great, but I think they're a decent P5 team. Then you get a week off a week later after you play Washington, you play Florida. I mean, it's here. You got to figure it out. Yeah, you do got to figure it out. And I guess the whole argument that if the conference is that strong, then that's a concern. I mean, I don't know how Auburn feels going into a conference schedule. Look, the week off is huge. If Auburn can go ahead, get on the road, get that one from Washington, get the double-digit victories before going into conference play, yep. get a week to figure some things out in practice and to get Wendell's ankle. And that game is that, – that first game is a home game at Neville Arena. So that's big. I think it can play out really, really well. Look, you win Wednesday night. You fly back from Seattle back to Auburn. And you take that week feeling really good about yourself, getting ready to go into conference play. You're like, okay, we're 10 and two, you know, double digits. And now we're opening up at home against Florida. It's just amazing how different ebbs and flows during the season can matter. That's why I think Wednesday night's game is huge. You don't want to get swept on this trip. You should have won and could have won tonight. And so that's disappointing. Yeah. And Gavin agrees with you. Gavin says, uh, I saw some bright spots, but Bruce Pearl must shore up the lineup before SEC play. If we lose to Washington, it may be a long season because signs point to we can't get it figured out. I'm not going to say that it's that dire, but it's important. Um, I agree with both of you on that. It's important for sure. Can you can you make adjustments that quickly? I don't know. We haven't really seen him do that before. Like We haven't really ever seen him make drastic changes to the lineup over the course of the season. I can't think of an example. Maybe you can, Daryl, um, but – I'm having a hard time thinking of an example of him in the past um, just totally changing up the lineup. No, he doesn't. He's not one to do that. I mean, he just he's, yeah. he, he gets a lineup. He sticks with it for most of the year unless there's an injury situation. I, I can't recall. I think one time when we had uh, Her- Mustafa Heron and some of those guys, Mustafa Heron, every once in a while he'd go with the hot hand. If, if one guy was shooting it really, really good, he would start him over the other. But I remember his lineups being pretty much set in stone from about 2017-18 season on. Um, He likes his five. He likes his rotation of who comes off the bench, and he pretty much sticks with that. Um, And, you know, again, something to keep in mind, now that 2019-2020 team – went undefeated. Like they, they won their first 12, 13 games, 14. I don't remember how, how, how long that streak went. It went into SEC play. And then the end of January, they lost back to back to Alabama and Florida. But, right. but this team was playing its best basketball again at the end of the year when they went to Knoxville, thumped Tennessee, and then COVID hit. Same thing that happened the year before the final four year. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's just see what happens. And if it does, the rotation does start to get figured out. And if the chemistry I don't know. I, I just, they, you know, it looks a little disjointed to me and he's going to have to try to figure out different things, but he's a you know phenomenal basketball coach and he'll do that. And I know that one thing about him is he's going to do whatever it takes to win and to put the best five on the floor. So even if he's yeah. got to hurt some feelings, maybe some changes have to be made. All right. David says it's the lack of shooting previous team didn't have those issues every other game. Or they did towards the end of like last year, um, David, and, and you're right. It was certainly a problem. Clay says the two position concerns me the most. Then he said, maybe run Flanagan at the two. I'm down to try it. I'm certainly down to try that just because what you're doing now is not necessarily working. 
But once again, it kind of goes back to we haven't seen Bruce Pearl really make that drastic of change to his lineup um, while, since he's been here. Doug says NIT, boys. We'll see. <laughs> um, right now, I still think Auburn's a tournament team. Um, we'll see. But I think this, this comment is interesting, Daryl. Storm says, which is an awesome name. I hope that's your real name because that's great. It is evident if you want to beat Auburn, you have to have an older, mature point guard. Look at USC, Memphis, then Miami, dating back to um, to that round of 32 game last year. And it's kind of hard to uh, to argue with that, Daryl. Because you, uh, so much of Auburn's offense is precipitated on turning you over defensively. And when Auburn can harass and cause chaos and absolutely upset and – you know, make a freshman, sophomore point guard turn it over. It it just it gets in their heads, and then it completely momentum, emotion. Auburn feeds off that. But when you've got a mature point guard that doesn't turn it over and strokes you for sixteen or eighteen, it changes the whole dynamic of this basketball team. So that's a really good point by Storm. Yeah, Jack says I love Bruce Pearl, but the whole we're going to recruit little guards that weren't highly coveted out of high school thing has got to stop. Well. Sharif, Sharif Cooper. Cooper, yeah, yeah. Sharif Cooper's one. Um, Wendell Green was wanted by a ton of folks in the transfer portal. Zepp Jasper just won Defensive Player of the Year in his conference and was wanted by a lot of different folks. And Katie Johnson was at um he was at a you know an SEC school before before this. So I don't know, I don't know what their rankings were out of high school, but I mean they're solid. They're solid players. So I, I don't know if I'm entirely buying that, Jack. I also don't know if that's entirely our issue. I think it's more of the, the rotation and what guys are being asked to do. But I certainly understand where you're coming from. You know, they have those rankings on 24-7 where they can go back and look at all-time rankings. And the four, four of the highest dudes besides Jabari and Treor are guards. Mustafa Heron, Chance Westry, um, Sharif Cooper, and then don't forget Aiden Holloway is a guard that Auburn got just signed in this signing period, and he is very, very highly recruited as well, highly, highly touted too. So, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I get the Jared Harper, but you know, Dowdy was a guy from VCU, Samir Dowdy, that was in the portal that was people wanted, people wanted him. Bryce Brown was a three star who overachieved and ended up being a really, really good player. So, you know, he 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 yeah. did some mining to get that one. Yep, and Aiden Holloway. I mean, he's he's a four star. I think some places have him as a five star. I'm looking at two yeah. right now. He's six foot, still not super big, Jack. But um, I think you'll be happy with what Aiden Holloway is bringing. And that's kind of what we talked about with Chance Westry with his size, right? And it, that just hasn't panned out. If Chance Westry's playing really good right now. I don't think that's a narrative, Jack. Um, I don't think any of us expected Chance Westry to struggle as much as he has. But we'll have to see. That is Storm's name. Daryl, which I think is really good news. That's his real name. That was that's that's clutch. Name. I liked it a lot. Yeah. With my Patriots losing tonight and then Auburn losing, uh, Storm being Storm's name, I think is the best news I've gotten this evening. <laughs> and then Christmas is coming, man. You can you Christmas got that to look forward coming. to. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Well, cool, Daryl. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And thank you to our friends You're welcome at um Henry Services Co. for uh, for making this possible. Be sure to give them a call at 334 288 2700 for all your plumbing or HVAC needs, residential or commercial. Daryl, how can people find you, hear you, love you, all that stuff? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, DAP6410. Uh, tomorrow morning, every Monday morning, 710. Uh, Auburn Opelika this morning with Ben Taylor. 
And then we'll be back at it Wednesday right here after the uh, Washington game. That's right. That is absolutely correct. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. Until then, we'll see you. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 